beautiful need a lift? No thanks. Come on, I won't bite. So who are you? Seymour Crane. But, uh... They... They, uh, call me Slick. <laughs> I can see why. How old are you, Slick? Old enough. I've heard about guys like you running over girls on the sidewalk. For some girls, if they're, uh, If they're good-looking, I, I give them a ride. I'm going straight to Hamilton High. Straight to Hamilton High. What's the problem? In which we watch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standard. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Prom Night, which was released in the US on July 18th, 1980, in Canada on September 12th, 1980, and in the UK on February 12th, 1981. It was written by William Gray and directed by Paul Lynch. It stars Leslie Nielsen, Jamie Lee Curtis, Casey Stevens, Michael Tuff, Anne Marie Martin, Mary Beth Rubens, David Mucci, and Jeff Wincott. So many names that are very famous. <laughs> a lot of them actually went on to have prominent careers in TV. Okay. And by that, I mean one. But one of them went on to do a lot of martial arts action movies, and his brother's more famous than he is. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Wincott. Um, Michael Wincott uh, was top dog in The Crow. And his brother okay. was Jeff Wincott, and he became a martial arts um, B-movie star, straight-to-DVD type deal. And he's barely in this movie, as is practically everyone. What's going to happen is this, Jen and I have got a few problems this movie has. Three each, and also one positive, we're going to have a, la- have a little chat about the Prom Night 1980. So, Jen, do you have any history with this movie? I saw it once. Uh, when I started working at a video store when I was 18... And I realized I got free rentals. I watched a bunch of old like horror movies and stuff, and this was one of them. And I haven't seen it since then. Right. Pretty much the same. But I saw it in VHS, and I, it must have been a re- re-release, because I would have been about 14. Because I didn't really watch horror movies until I was about 13, 14. Um, and uh, I just watched a lot at once. And what I, I would do is I got my nana my grandmother, but I called her Nana, um, to buy it for me from our local Woolworths, actually. And uh, I took it home, watched it, then took it back and got a refund. <laughs> and because that was the first time I'd ever seen it, and I didn't really have any... Um, I didn't really want to keep it. Not because I didn't like the movie, but just because my, you know, my entire plan was just I will buy this and then take it back. I did that a few times. Um, because back in those days, you couldn't really... Well, you could rent movies, but a movie like that from 1980 wasn't really going to turn up in our video shop as a rental. It would be rare if it, that happened. It was mostly newer movies that, that mm. would happen. So that's what I did. I remember doing it for Portgeist as well. 
um, buying that and then taking it back mm. and getting my money back just so I can watch board games. Because <laughs> we didn't have Netflix. My video store had a really good collection. So, um, in fact, mm. we were the. My understanding is we were the only video store in the tri-state area that had a copy of Eraserhead. Yeah. Well, our. I mean, our local blockbuster did have like older movies, but something like this wouldn't really trouble the. You know, if it was a re-release, it wouldn't go into the shop or whatever. I don't know. It was just thing. But anyway. I have mixed feelings on this movie, and we'll get into it, right? I know you're not a fan, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get into it, right? So, let's just get into our problems. And my first problem is, um, I'm getting flashbacks to the Rage Carry 2, because the dude who plays Lou, mm-hmm. high school student, um, looks like he's in his fairies. Well, the the thing is, is um, the whole thing with Wendy and Lou... Yeah. It's so Billy Nolan and Chris Harginson from Carrie. Absolutely. There's no way that would be in there if Carrie didn't exist. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the whole thing. It's like a mix of um Yeah, it's like a mix of Carrie and Halloween, really. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the director has said as much. He says in his commentary that he would you know well the right and the director, they were both in the commentary. I um, mean they both said, Yeah, Carrie was an influence. Because, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also found out with Wendy, the actress who plays Wendy, um, mm. she looked far too old. I mean, I could buy some of them as being teenagers. Uh, even Jamie Lee, because she still mm-hmm. looked kind of like young, maybe 19. I think she was early 20. She was like 21 or something. Um, But yeah. The chick who played Wendy wrote Twister. She did with her then husband Michael Crichton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I my thing is, is I thought the teenagers all looked too old. Mm-hmm. Like even in comparison to other movies and stuff I've seen where people the same age were playing yeah. kids. But I think it's just the time. I think it's the hair and well, the clothes and everything. It, yeah, it was more of a blanket problem. But I did buy um, Crikey, I can't remember her name, Kelly. Because she looked sort of young, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and she was adorable and sweet, and I hated that mm-hmm. she died. Yeah, and it also felt weird that this is one of my problems, but it's part of the what I've said about Kelly is it also felt weird that she was the only one to go topless mm-hmm. because she was like the quote unquote innocent one. Um, well, she was the innocent one. She didn't have sex, mm-hmm. um, but she still died. Uh. But that's that's also part of why I like this movie, and we'll get to it later on. Um, so yeah, what is y- your uh, first problem? I'm just gonna go with my biggest problem first. Um, so when I first watched this, like 22 years ago, mm-hmm. um, my big problem is that I thought it was um, slow and boring. Mm-hmm. And what I what I learned watching it this time is that that is that is correct. Mm-hmm. Slow and boring. Like, do we need a whole dance sequence? No, we do not. Right. It's ridiculous. In fact, one of the only memories I had of this movie was Jamie Lee Curtis dancing. Yeah. Right. I will give you slow and boring. And my second problem was the dance sequence. Because <laughs> you know me and these pointless fucking me- uh, this entire song and mm-hmm. it's just nothing. If it's not a montage that tells us information, it's pointless. 
Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. like, well, and if you had to do that, you could always intercut it with like the killer running after someone or something, right? Like that yeah. would have been interesting. Um, to see them all having fun while you know somebody's running from a killer, and the whole thing, the whole thing with um, Jude and Slick, yeah, that went on way too long, way at, too long. At that, yes, the movie's slow and boring, but I also think that the movie is trying to like sort of set up its characters. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to get you to like maybe like characters, and it's uh, doing sort of the slow burn of um, these people's lives and everything. I just don't think it does it very well. Yeah. Um, but I see what they're going for. But mm-hmm. yeah, it takes what about an hour before anyone actually dies, apart from the, the opening kill. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I should also add like it's boring and not scary. Oh no, it's not scary. But think of an early 80s horror movie that is. I haven't actually seen that many early 80s horror movies. So, yeah. Um, a lot of movies from that, that period weren't actually scary. I do know I didn't find Friday the 13th scary, and I hate the whole POV thing, which we get in this movie, too. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. You don't get that much POV in this, though. But, but it's there, and I don't like it's it. Mostly, it's mostly footsteps. It's, you mostly see the person walking... Um, and just see their feet. Okay. So my second problem, I said it, is the the, the dance sequence. Now, I really like that song. I mean, that song catches fuck, but it's just the dance sequence is, um, is pointless. It doesn't have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I thought as though, you know, since I complained about the, the, the dance sequence and she's all that, I have to complain about this one. So I, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that, like, they, when they filmed it, they had used, like, really popular disco songs, and they realized they mm-hmm. couldn't afford them, so the director had to, like, quickly write music for it. And I'm wondering, would it play differently if it had the hits of the time, you know? Like, would that add something to it? Yeah. Because it doesn't... I don't know. Maybe maybe that would have been better, but it's it's pointless. Yeah. I don't understand why it's there. It doesn't have to be there. Uh, what is your second problem? Why would you take the sister of the girl whose death you're responsible for to the prom? Kim's date killed her sister. He, right, okay. Well, she doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but he does. He does, and I think that that is messed up. That is kind of messed up. Yeah, but I think he is probably just sort of trying to forget about it. I don't think it's any... I don't know. I don't think he's doing it to be like, oh, haha, killed your sister, now I'm going to date you. No, no, I don't <laughs> think it's like a mean thing, but it's also like, I don't know. I would think if you were actually like really, really upset about the fact that you were responsible for somebody dying, you maybe wouldn't want to be so close to the family. Yeah, that's like, true. And it's, and I don't know, it's, it's just gross. It just, I didn't like it. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. I think he's just trying to have like a, an ordinary life, and he's just not trying to think about it. But mm. yeah, dating dating the sister of the girl whose death you caused—he didn't kill her, but it mm-hmm. was, you know, he didn't help matters any. Um, but they did show that he was the one, the very first one who said we have to call the police. Yeah. So they did show that 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 kid was like the good kid, and you know he probably and. 
um, he also wasn't going to shout that the, the killer was here when Robin was there, but then he did, which was mm-hmm. kind of dickish. He could have just kept his trap shut, and then <laughs> Robin probably would have been safe. And so, how, look at how quickly those kids decided not to call the cops. Like, it didn't take much convincing at all. So some bad no, kids. No, no. But Kelly cried. Yeah. Which also shows that Kelly was, like, innocent and sweet. And I imagine that Kelly, because she was, like, the smallest, that she would probably have been beaten into it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine that Wendy would have pushed her into it if we had more runtime. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was sweet, and uh, I know you did last summer, and it took longer to convince her not to call the cops. Yeah, but this was 1980. I'm just saying. The whole movie goes so slow, but the decision to not call the cops goes very quickly. Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen very quickly in this movie that goes very slow, and it's very strange. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Because after the girl falls... And then we see someone standing, someone approaching, and we don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we discover later that it was her brother, twin brother. Can I just say it's so funny in the like looking at the IMDb trivia that they're like, they didn't have it in here that they were twins, but it's revealed in deleted scenes. And I'm like, they were two kids who looked to be the same age and were wearing matching shirts. Like yeah. it, I assumed they were twins. Yeah, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then once that happens, it's just like it's it's like the girl was lying there dying, the kids run away in the bike, and um then the the fucking um window falls on top of her, which is mm-hmm. very mean spirited, and it's like, you know, that's that's the movie just saying, No, she's dead. But then she's lying there and then Lizzie Nielsen is just there. Yeah. And it's like that is very, very quick. But then we jump to six years later and you know, then it becomes very, very slow. Um, but yeah. So my third problem, and this is genuinely something that has bothered me since I first saw this movie, Jen, right? Okay. Honestly, I have... First time I saw this, I think I've seen this movie three, four times now in my life. But the very first time I watched it, um, Leslie Nielsen vanishes from the movie. Mm-hmm. He does his dad dancing with Jamie Lee Curtis. And then mm-hmm. he's gone. Yep. He's not in the, the rest of the movie. He's top build. <laughs> and it would make sense if he was the killer, but he's not the killer. He's not the killer. And I think his disappearance makes you want to, you know, maybe think that he is the killer. Because mm-hmm. the brother also disappears. And you don't see him in any of the dancing scenes or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they do eliminate some people. But then Leslie Nielsen's body doesn't turn up anywhere. Yeah. Not that he, not that he had to die because mm-hmm. he wasn't on the list. Um, but he just disappears. He's not even at the end when his son dies. It's 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 strange that he just vanishes. And that's something that's always bothered me. And I was thinking, did I imagine this? Do I see him at the end of the movie and I don't just don't remember it? But no, no, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> How hard would it be to have him with that crowd at the end? Exactly. Hard. Yeah, he's he's Canadian. They shot in Canada. You know, they could have just mm. kept him there. I don't suppose it, um, unless he was filming Airplane at this time, because mm. it was the same year. Okay. Um. But yeah. So, what is your next problem? Uh, the voiceovers are so out of place. <laughs> There's like two voiceovers, and yeah, it, it, it it's so weird. There's only two, and it's. 
I don't know, have them talking to someone else. Like yeah. that that would be better. Um I didn't I didn't like that. Either have more voiceovers or no voiceovers. Yeah. And the police are fucking useless, as yeah. are a lot of police in movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What was the other voiceover? I can only think of the one with the cop and he's Leslie Nielsen. Own. When we first see Leslie Nielsen as ah, a voiceover. Right. Yeah. And so it's not even the same person. That just made me think of Make a Gun or Police Squad. Um, Never saw him. Alright, I feel like I'm a fan of that sort of humor. Um, but yeah, there's no need for them. Mm-hmm. Zero need for two voiceovers of characters that aren't even related to what's going on, really. Um, but yeah, my I have written quite a lot for my positive, right? My positive is, I do think that this is not your run-of-the-mill slasher. Mm-hmm. I think it tries to do something a little different. The story of Alex is quite tragic. Mm-hmm. They've tried to make the, the killer sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that you usually see in a slasher movie. Yeah. Like Jason and Michael and all of that, all the ones that you associate with slasher movies are all like mindless killing machines. Mm-hmm. But here it's a, a, a kid who saw his sister die and snapped mm-hmm. and wanted to kill everyone involved. And I think that that is, that makes it sort of, I don't know, I want to say better because it's, this movie is not as good as something like Halloween. I'm not saying that, no. right? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a good movie, but that no. is a, that is a positive that um, you have. It is always interesting to have a sympathetic killer. It's it's very yeah. much that's a very modern thing, like um, Thanos or Killmonger, where mm-hmm. like Thanos is talking about how awful everything is, and you're like, you know, maybe he has a really good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, like yeah. you're getting that with Marvel villains these days, where it's like, no, I get it. I get I get why this person <laughs> has turned evil. Um, but it's not something you see in slasher movies, and and I love it. I love how conflicted it makes you feel. Yeah, but it's stuff, I mean, like, say, like, the original Friday the 13th, right? That's not a mm-hmm. great movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's still, like, better than this, but it's not great. But then this is a lot better than some of the other slasher movies that come out in the 80s. I do think I like this better than Friday the 13th. It's been a while since I saw it, but yeah. I, I really didn't like Friday, Friday the 13th. But once again, that even has a killer where you're like, well, they... I mean, these people didn't kill her son, it, but it was like some other counselors. But then, like, but then that's yeah. But that, but that ruins that for me though. That she's killing people that isn't actually related to the death yeah, of her son. Yeah, it's like, different because Alex is killing his sister's quote unquote killer. Well, that's why it bothered me that Slick had to die. Like he wasn't a part mm-hmm. of it. He was a witness. Yeah, but I he imagine didn't, he didn't see his face. I know, but I just imagine that maybe. That was that was bollocks because he could have picked a different time to kill Jude, mm-hmm. um, but he decided to kill Jude while she was with she was with Slick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things in this that I genuinely do like. Right? There's some mm-hmm. things in here that I do like that you don't see and that makes a good slasher movie for me. Right? And it's like um, when Kelly gets murdered, it's just her face. And you hear the sound of her neck getting slit and it's mm-hmm. really loud and it's like horrible and gross and then you actually see like the life going out of her eyes and I think that's really well done. Um Did you see that this was originally rated PG? Was it? 
<laughs> yeah, they had they had to actually shoot some more uh, some some more gory shots because it was going to be PG, and they didn't think anyone would want to go see a PG slasher movie. Yeah, I imagine not. Um, Lou's death is great mm-hmm. when he gets his head chopped off yeah. and rolls down the <laughs> the catwalk. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, Jude saying, "I'll remember this night for the rest of my life." Before, right before she yeah. dies. That's <laughs> that's oh, great. Dude. I know. Um, I love that the killer is. I mean, we've spoken about this before. We've talked about Scream when we were talking about the Scream movies. Um, but the the killer's very clumsy at times. Mm-hmm. But I think that's great because it's still a child. He's only mm-hmm. fifteen or sixteen. I think he's sixteen is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. And I also like that it's got Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's not the victim. Mm-hmm. So that also plays with your expectations. Yeah, you, you expect her to be the final girl, and she really technically isn't, because mm-hmm. it, technically it's Wendy who's the final girl, but she just dies. Like he wouldn't kill her. She's like the safest person in the entire movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like that. I like that you're expecting Jamie Lee to be in trouble, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen. She's trying to save her boyfriend from getting killed because he was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and he and technically, if you think about it, we don't have a final girl. We have a final guy. Yeah, and he lives because Jamie Lee saves his ass. By the so, way, do you do you listen to churches? Uh, not really. No. Okay. Well, I went to a churches concert last year, and they have a song on their latest album called "Final Girl." And they were selling t-shirts that said final girl, so I bought it. And I swear to God, every time I wear it, I have to explain to multiple people what a final girl is. And I'm starting to get really sick of the term. Because really? <laughs> I, I keep wearing this shirt, but like I wear it and then I get annoyed when I'm out because people are like, what's a final girl? And I've, I've had to explain it a lot in the last six months. That's very strange that some people don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's two things. Like I have to explain what a final girl is, and then I have to explain that it's a song. And uh, I'll just say that. Just say it's a song. <laughs> but I like the idea of like I like the term "final girl." Like I like the idea of it. Like I want. No, not now. That, but I'm just tired of explaining it. Yeah. Fair enough. I get you. But I yeah, also I want them to think this. I survived a slasher. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would survive a slasher. Oh, I wouldn't. I can't run for shit. Nah. nah. Well, I'm I'm a really good hider. Like, I kill at hide and seek. So I would survive if I just hid really well and didn't move. Um, but I've got IBS. I'll probably be farting all the time. I'll probably oh, get caught that way. Um, so, yeah. So my positive is that I think it's just because it's, it's Alex. It's mm-hmm. just the whole sort of the tragicness of this child who has went through hell clearly in his mind mm-hmm. and did you notice that see when the, when it's a reveal kim notice notices that it's alex right mm-hmm. it's actually a woman who we see behind the the mask oh really because they've got brown eyes mm-hmm. and it's a very prominent shot because the actor who plays alex has actually got blue eyes so i i think they were trying to make us think it was robin who didn't die? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very strange. What's your uh, what's your positive? Well, that was going to be my positive. Um, so, what was I'm, it? I'm going to go with my backup positive, which mm-hmm. you have to remember. I don't really like this movie, 
So my backup positive was um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, early in the movie, she wears a necklace, has a little star mm-hmm. on it. I think mm-hmm. it's a cute necklace. Why don't we just say we've got the same positive? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to have the same positive. It's all right. I didn't think we would. I'm just saying I really liked the necklace. All right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> but enough. Yeah, yeah, my positive, my real positive was the fact that you know the the killer was sympathetic that we were sympathetic yeah, to him yeah. and that like even even though he's killing people like even she saves him like she runs to him because he's mm-hmm. her brother and that's a concept that i feel like and i think i feel like we've probably talked about this before but it's something that's not really touched on a lot in tv and movies the idea like your loved one can do something terrible but they're still your loved one and your feelings aren't going to change auto- like in that instant like just because her brother's a killer doesn't mean she's immediately going to hate him absolutely which is that that's always an interesting thing to me yeah i I like that i do like that aspect of the movie i do like the movie but it's mostly because of all that stuff Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of good slasher stuff in there but yeah the first 45 minutes or so are a slog well I was reading about the deleted scenes and it's like there are certain sequences in this movie that need to be a lot shorter or not exist at all. But the movie is already an hour and a half. So you can't really cut that stuff. But there are all these scenes with the parents that maybe would have made it more interesting. And if they'd cut that stuff in, it would be it would be less boring. Um, yeah, it would be moving a little faster. Like um, there's a bunch of stuff about her mom. Like, Leslie Nielsen, it sounds like half of his stuff just got completely cut out. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. That's why he's not in the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, despite being top billed. That, just, that sort of thing just baffles me. And annoys me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone's top billed, be in the movie more. Unless it's like Janet Lee or Drew Barrymore in Psycho and Scream, that's when it's like, that's a good idea to have them top build. But Leslie Nielsen wasn't the killer and he didn't get killed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he shouldn't be top build. Drew Barrymore wasn't top build. She, I, don't, I don't think she was top build, but in the trailers, she was incredibly prominent. She's, like, yeah, she It's one of those things where looking back, you, you should have like assumed it was going to happen because in all the trailers, you just saw her from Built the same scene. scene. But like, <laughs> the, it was billed, like, it, they made it look like she was, one, he, she was the star of the movie. Yeah, so obviously I have notes. So do I. Um, oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you take down some trivia? No. Because right, some things I've got from the director's commentary would be classed as trivia, and I don't. You can probably find stuff like this online. Like the director wanted Eve Plum mm-hmm. to play Jan on the Brady Bunch. I did see that. Kim. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. But then Jamie Lee Curtis uh, actually read the script and asked to be in it. Um, Interesting. Because I think, I think she thought it's not the same as Laurie because I'm not running about mm-hmm. at the end away from the killer. I'm actually trying to help the killer at the end. I think she liked that aspect of it. Um, so the director thought, you know, I'd be a fucking idiot if I didn't say mm-hmm. <laughs> yes to Jamie Lee Curtis being in this movie. Um, uh, Poor Eve Plum, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I did write, Wendy and Lou are just um, Chris and Billy from Carrie. Yeah. I wrote exactly the same thing. Kelly was adorable and should have died. Uh, but yeah, but she seemed to be the only actress who said, yeah, I'll go talk with for whatever reason. Yeah. Because you need to have that sort of thing in a, 
a movie. It just didn't sit right for me that it was Kelly that done it. But also the fact that this is another thing that I like that I didn't say earlier that she dies despite not having sex. Mm-hmm. And that sort of goes against the trope that was starting to start round about then about, you know, you have to, if you have sex in horror movies, you die. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't because that's not the killer's motivation. Yeah. The killer is going to kill her no matter what mm-hmm. happens. Um, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was in three horror movies this year, 1980. She was in this one, she was in The Fog, and she was in Terror Train. Huh. And The Fog is the better movie of the three. I haven't seen the other two. You should see The Fog. Fog's pretty good. John Carpenter. The people in one of the audio commentaries in the Blu-ray seems to think all the killings are Jamie Lee Curtis's fault. Okay. The commentary is the writer, the director, and a moderator. And the moderator says, uh, I think he confuses Kim with Wendy because he says Kim is the one who tells all the kids not to tell anyone. And it's not, it's Wendy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but right at the very end, he said he does say, and all of this is all her fault. So she feels guilty for everything that's happened, and it's like that. Are you watching the same movies as? <laughs> but the writer or the director doesn't correct him. <laughs> oh, that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's all of my notes. Do you have anything else, Jen? Well, before I talk about my notes, um, I don't want to forget to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis's latest movie. Okay. Um. <laughs> And it is a, I will recommend it, but only if you like weird ass movies, like super weird movies. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If you don't like super weird movies, don't bother. Okay. Last night I saw everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Right. And if you love Jamie Lee Curtis. Or short round. Or short round. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's really he's good. Back. He's really good in it. He's really good in it. And what I love is he said that, um. What made him go back into acting is he saw Crazy Rich Asians and thought, oh, maybe there's a place for me in Hollywood. And that's what made him go back, um, which I thought was really sweet and sad. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie, it's it's the movie was way funnier than I thought it was going to be. It was I didn't expect it to be. I mean, I guess you could call it a comedy. It was but it's it's I can't even describe the movie. I can't even describe the plot to you. It's insane. I didn't know Jamie Lee Curtis was in it when she showed up and she looked really weird. I was shocked. Uh Right. I've been trying to stay away from anything about it because I I want to see it, but Mm -hmm. it's not available to me yet. Yeah, it's. It's really good, and it's it's one of those things where you walk in the theater, like, because I knew how weird it was going to be, mm. and I was like, who's here? Like, why are these people here? Because mm. inevitably, and this happened, Dylan heard a family talking as we were leaving, inevitably there's someone who's in the theater of a weird movie where they're just like, I don't get it, that was stupid. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you're like, how did you... And, like, they're shocked at how weird it is, and it's like, how did you come to see this movie? Like, what, what inspired yeah. an entire family... To spend a Saturday night at this particular film. Um, what's it rated? You know, I don't know. Um, I would assume R, but... Um, I imagine it would be R. You would have thought I would have looked it up last night. It wasn't in my IMDb <laughs> history, so that's surprising. Yeah, it's R. Right, okay. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, it's really I've, good. I've heard, I've heard good things. But I've tried to stay away from reviews. But one of the reasons I wanted to mention it, like, is, I mean, obviously it's because of Jamie Lee Curtis, but it's also, this movie (laughs) seems to have had, like, no marketing. I didn't Mm. hear of it until two weeks ago when um, I heard about it on a podcast 
but mm-hmm. it's it's the sort of movie you hear about from other people talking about it. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, like I hadn't heard of it, and like I never saw a trailer or anything, and mm-hmm. um, so it's one of those movies where you feel like, well, I have to say something because where are people going to hear about it? You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that on the podcast as well. Anyway, it's a good movie, so I, I recommend it if you like weird. Um, I'm willing to watch it. I'm willing to watch anything as long as it's not like got you know torture porn mm-hmm. or Andy Dick in it. So, <laughs> so the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the first person that popped into my head was Andy Dick. What does that say? That's well, but sometimes he shows up in good things. Like he shows up in um, Reality Bites. Because he was a yeah, friend he of does. Yeah. So. Actually, that's actually how he pops into my head because I've been re listening to older episodes mm-hmm. for the anniversary and I remember that one of your problems was Andy Dick. <laughs> I hate Andy Dick. Yeah. But anyway, right. about my notes from this movie, I just want to yeah. talk about how uh, different things were back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. she says she thinks Mr. Sykes is. Um, like looks at girls and stuff and her dad's like no he's checked out he's not a peeping tom and it's like well he could be like mm-hmm. you don't you don't know like you you check somebody out it's not gonna come up that like they're a peeping tom if they haven't been arrested so like listen to women might uh, not just be caught and jude just like gets in the van of a guy that she's never met before mm-hmm but that's like a normal thing then like hitchhiking and stuff like yeah but like don't don't get in the van and then there's there's a scene where they're getting ready for prom and uh kim needs help with her uh with her necklace and she's like stop leering at me from the door are you gonna stop leering at me and come help me something like that like Mm -hmm. insinuating her brother's leering at her like it's just there's all these sexual jokes and stuff yeah that in these moments where it's like that wouldn't happen. That line wouldn't be there today. But the thing about um, Jude and Slick is uh, it's played off. It's a meet cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he stops dead in the street because he finds her attractive mm-hmm. and chats her up and she falls for it. No, they're- and then they die together, you know? <laughs> Their thing is cute, but it's still like you just met him. Like, it, she's yeah. not even like I've seen you around school, right? Like, she doesn't exactly. even seem like she recognizes him at all. Yeah, how one of my things is how does Lou still go to the prom when he's been suspended? I don't know. How's he allowed in? I don't know. If he's been suspended, you would think maybe they would do the he's suspended so he's not at the proms so and he could be the killer mm-hmm. fake out, and then maybe he's just like sneaking about and stuff that we know that he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know I do like his death. That's like the bloodiest death in the whole thing is when he just yeah. gets his head chopped off. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. So, next week, this is this is our last um, movie for year two of the podcast. So, next week we're having our anniversary episode. Um, and then the week after that, uh, we're, we've got a clip show of year one. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't do that for year one. Mm-hmm. So I've made two clip shows. One, well, I've made one of them so far. One for year one and one for year two, and that'll be the next few weeks. And then after that, we have an ordinary episode, and it'll be Jen's pick. Do you want to see what it is? Yes. 
Yes. Adventures in babysitting. Adventure. Oh, fuck. How do you find that then? <laughs> it's only the edited version that's on Disney Plus. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I haven't done it yet, and I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't mind watching that movie. So yeah, so next week is anniversary, then it's two clip shows, and then it's Adventures in Babysitting at the end of the month. So that's all we have time for. If you want to follow us in the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. Um the website is shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Send us uh, some feedback. Send us let us know what episodes you liked in um, year two, or let us know um, how wrong we are and loads and loads of things. That's always good. I want to hear that sort of thing. I do want to, I would like some feedback. It doesn't matter if it's bad feedback. Mm -hmm. I don't mind if someone says, your voice is annoying. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I always like feedback. Yeah. So where can people follow you on the internet? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. So thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Bye. Bye.